Go Light Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new, exclusive, and unmissable content only on Sky. Go out! Go out! Go on, out you go. But your cat wants to play. Bye bye now. I know, but we're not 12 and it's not playtime and it's fucking getting late. Oh, do you have a specific playtime for cats? <laughs> they know that playtime, well, usually in their heads, it's usually about 4.30 in the morning when they're on your chest Ooh. doing that cat thing where they think they're fucking massaging you. And uh, what do cat, your cats like to play? PlayStation, Xbox, cards, fucking. chess? They're mad for cards, 21. Oh. One of them's into bridge, but I think he's just showing off. <laughs> Sounds like an arsehole. Let's do it! No cats were harmed in the making of that introduction. Welcome once again to Go Loud Selects and Go Loud Original. A Go Loud production and it's brought to you by the good people at Sky with Simon Delaney, Aidan Power and John Casey. Buongiorno tutti. Tutti frutti, oh Rudy. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whatever time of the day it is. We hope you're well as we head into... Is it the third week of January or the fourth week? It's a fucking never-ending month. It's the third week. It's the third week, yeah. All right, we are getting there. So, straight off the bat, lads, who watched episode one of The Last of Us? If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? You haven't seen the world, so you don't know. You keep going for family. I'm not family. No, your cargo. I didn't look forward to it though. Okay. Well, I want to let it build up this week. Good excuse, John, because Sky are dropping it one episode a week. One episode has arrived. And by the time you hear this, episode two will be there for you. And if, like me, you'll be dying to see it because episode one got off to such a powerful, strong, Ooh, did you watch it? Brilliant start. I mean, lads, the, the, the secret recipe to a brilliant. TV show is you take one of the best computer games ever made. Yeah. You chuck the showrunner from Chernobyl at it. You cast some of the biggest names in the acting world and some of the best up and coming acting names. You get the best writers and you blow a lot of sh- shit up. And basically you, you destroy uh, civilization and then you leave a few people and then they have to figure out what the hell they're doing. Wow. That's brief summary of what The Last of Us is. It's not my bag, lads, this post-apocalyptic, post-pandemic, Yeah, everyone's dead, zombies. It's not my bag at all. However, I loved every minute of this. The storytelling, the writing, the acting is so good. It's gripping. Wow. Can I fact check one thing? Fact away. (laughs) Is the writer from Chernobyl? (laughs) And... You hate me, don't you? And if they were? I'm just asking them, so fair play to them, like, you know. <laughs> was, was, I, was I not very clear how I said it? The showrunner from Chernobyl. No. From the TV show Chernobyl. He did say the writers from Chernobyl, didn't he, Johnny? Or am I going mad? I heard Chernobyl, certainly, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, they've done yeah. good, fair play. The TV show. Oh, the TV show. Where they're from. Anywho, lads, it's, uh, if you want, let it build up. But um, all I say to you is, John, beware, because... Spoilers galore are out there lurking on oh, every really? 
internet page and WhatsApp group and Twitter Just if you account. played the game, you know how it finishes anyway. That's <laughs> true. But maybe it's not going to follow exactly how the game goes. Who knows? It's um, very good, lads. It's really good. And it's this one is of the slightly different, Ado, because they're dropping it episode week by week, which is gone. Yeah. Like the old days, the good old days. Like you'd have to do, waiting once a week to see your favorite show. That's what we're back to now. And it's not the first show to do it. It won't be the last. There's going to be nine episodes in total weekly. Let it build up. Or if you're like me, you can't wait. Just watch it week. What was the first show, boys, that you considered event TV? The one that you couldn't wait for a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night? What was the first show that you said, no, lads, I'm going home because such and such is on? Baywatch. Wow. What did, like, I knew that would elicit a juvenile laugh because you're imagining that I'm a smoky teenager. I wouldn't knock anybody for being a David Hasselhoff fan of you. That's what you want. Fair enough. Or a good fan of his music career, and that led me to his acting career. I tell you something, lads. I, in the last two years, probably, it was probably during lockdown one, two, three, four, five, or six, I watched the very first episode, the pilot episode of Baywatch. Right? I kid you Could not. Could you not find the remote control? No, no, I actually saw, I sought it out. It wasn't on you the TV. You chose to find it and watch it. chose to watch it. It's, it's surprisingly good, as in the storyline yeah. has a lot more weight than, say, future yeah. episodes and what you'd remember Baywatch for, to be. There was a lot going on about, you know, sexism in the workplace, workers' rights, all this kind of stuff. Wow. Trust me. No, I don't. Johnny. And it still had all the slow motion uh, boobs bouncing up and down the beach in the red swimsuits and all that jazz or jazzer. But uh, the storyline, the writing was better than uh, than I remember. So what was your appointment to TV uh, show that you'd, you'd leave hanging around with your mates on street corners for a sign? JC? I'd, I'd say I wouldn't have to leave my mates, but it would certainly keep me up uh, during my school days. And that was the first season of Oz. Do you remember that on HBO? Your precious little dream, your Emerald City, is now a ghetto. You've been there lately? Crap all over the floors, drugs everywhere, the lack of primary colors. Well, that unit is no longer my responsibility. Yeah, I got no problem with that. What we don't want is that new attitude over there to come wafting this way. They hear about what's going on, empowerment. They're gonna want the same thing here. And you're suggesting what? That we make Unit B all white? Yes. 2 a.m. on a Thursday, and I've watched it. Well, I you don't know why I gave it that slot, but I you loved it. Cards. Were you gambling, John? Were you learning how to be a poker ace? <laughs> I was only about 14 at the time. Yeah. But still, uh, I just thought, Jesus. How in the name of Christ did your parents let you watch Oz at the yeah. age of 14? I mean, it would give me I sleepless had a TV. nights. How? I had a TV in the room since I was about 11, Simon. So Really? Headphones in, no one knows. You know? <laughs> Jesus, I didn't have a television in my room till I bought my own house. Like, I'll, I'll say this though, I did come home not long after that, and the TV was gone, and my mum acted like nothing had happened. She's like, "What? What yeah. are you talking about? Like, where's my to television? TV She's heaven? Like, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, I wonder why. It was broke. Oh, like, it wasn't no. broke. Like, what a now. show to be watching at fourteen years of age. Loved it though. Oh, it's an amazing show, and some of the cast are still doing great things like it was just it was so gruesome though it was brutal grizzy it was amazing <laughs> it was. do you remember simon the way they'd introduce a character nearly every week and you knew they were going to get shaved or, oh, shaved absolutely. or something? don't go near the showers like, or the it? fucking exercise yards because you're going down mate <laughs> don't do it and the most imaginable ways to kill people within prisons yeah. they could kill you with a fucking jar of 
fucking shaving cream and a paper clip, you'd be the most gruesome <laughs> death. Like, unbelievable. Do you watch it, Ado? I'm, I'm just Googling it here now because when you hear Oz, if you don't know the show, you think of Australia and then, I know it's a prison drama, so I was thinking of Prisoner's Cell Block H for a moment. Um, I have seen it. It was, you're right in saying, John, let me see what the right word. It wasn't like, um, oh God, I'm, the... Um, the Twilight Zone or anything like that, but it was, Us? was it no. weird or was it just no. a regular prison drama with violence? Oh, it was a regular Was there any drama. sort of, no, there was no like supernatural, supernatural element. No, okay. Okay. It, it was a bit, um, like in, it, I've never seen such an ensemble cast, like everyone's backstory was treated with care and attention, mm. but the violence was brutal. You mentioned all the oh, magical yeah. ways uh, to kill people. Yeah. Uh, Simon, do you remember that guy? He grew his nails really long after he got a horrible beating and was in hospital for months. Oh, yeah. When he got out, he didn't cut the nails. He used them, sharpened them, and killed a guard with them, and Jesus then clipped them off and flushed Christ. them and got away with it. Like, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I got the vibe about four seasons in that it wasn't a comedy, and then I soon realized I was right. Um, yeah, what a show. I mean, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. I'm trying to think what the first appointment TV, probably for me, was probably The Sopranos. Summer of 78, Carlo, Silvio. Frankie Napoli. Place up the beach. Yeah. Sonny Spence from the Bronx rented it. Huh? That's where that hippie kid mysteriously drowned during that party. <laughs> hey, Tone. You okay? Yeah, yeah. You sure tea? You're being kind of quiet. Well, it's because, uh, remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Which was a Monday night, yeah. I think. And it was RT2, I can't remember. But uh, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, that was the one that I could miss. Um, phenomenal. I wonder how many in per- percentage of people watch that as it aired live, as opposed to, I would guess, the majority of people have watched it as a, Since, it as a streaming show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I started watching re-watching it, it again. Jesus Christ, yeah. how sad am I? You're mad for the rewatches, aren't I you? I am. And you know what? I am going to doff my mythical cap to both them. Uh, JC and to Brian in absentia for recommending something that I tweeted about during the week. Oh, baby, I watched The Bear. Ibra, make sandwiches. Don't stop making fucking sandwiches. Yes, sir. I'm going to make three sections, okay? They're going to be wet, hot, and sweet. All right, I'm going to take green tape, make those sections. Louis, yes, I want sir. you to get the sandwiches, put them oh, in the corresponding shit. sections. Copy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yo, sweet. Bag, Sharpie, label that shit, please, chef. Yes, chef. Tina, fire every single chicken we have, please, okay? Richie, do you even know how to do fries? My word. Edo, have you got on that road yet, no? No, but I was privy to your WhatsApp message midweek going, John, where will I see the bear? And then you found it. I couldn't find it, and I was, I'm I'm up, obviously, still up north filming, and, uh, I wrapped early one day and I said, I need something, a couple of hours to kill here and I'm going to dive into something. And I thought, what did the boys recommend? And just the bear came to me and I thought, right, I watched the entire series in one day. Jesus. Now, they're only half hours. I think it's only, what, eight or ten half hours, but I watched it. My, I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, For anybody who hasn't seen it, we've talked about it before already. It's set in Chicago, centers around a character who was a Michelin star chef working at the best restaurant on the planet in New York. His brother dies. They're from Chicago. His brother, he returns to Chicago to take over his family, his brother's uh, business, which is a deli shop, a New York or Chicago style deli restaurant. And it's this Michelin star chef who clearly has issues and problems and had issues and problems with his brother, etc. Comes back in to take over and try and 
get this place, you know, because it's hemorrhaging money, get it back on, on its legs. The central performance in it, I can't remember the lad's name. Um, I'm sure Ado's Googling it as we speak. Um, he won the Golden Globe for it. And uh, I just thought, when I saw that fact, I thought, well, I, I, you know, it's... Talk about design. Perhaps it was Jeremy Allen White or Eben Moss Backrack. He was Jeremy Allen White. He and I, I've Warm. never seen the guy in anything before. Christ Almighty, he's good in this. He plays this chef, and just the way he carries himself around the kitchen, the way he works in the kitchen, his neurosis, his his you know his obsession with time, with cleanliness, with oh, it's just fucking it. There's one episode of it is shot. I think it's episode four. And it's one single shot, and my fucking anxiety was through the roof watching it. It was one of those days where something happened in the restaurant, and then something else happened, and then something else, and then something. It's just unmissable. And I believe, because the first thing I did when I finished it was, I googled, where is the bear season two? Will there be one? Is it happening? And thankfully it is, and it's coming sooner than we thought. Uh, I think it's in production, and I think it's due to come out in the summer. And there's going to be 10 episodes in season two, as opposed to eight in the first one. So fans of the bear, there's more on the menu. Get on it. Thank you for the recommendation, uh, JC and Brian. No worries, no problem. Just very quickly, Simon, on it, like watching that show, Yeah, the kind of... People will get this when they see it. They're kind of really naturalistic, very energetic performances, people talking across each other, Mm. all that. Like that looks so easy, but I'm sure it's anything but trying to get that take after take. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of it is ensemble scenes. So there's, you know, there's obviously a a group of actors playing the scene. There are also scenes where they move from the cold room into the kitchen, into the front dining room, out onto the street, to the back alley. Um, they take an awful lot of rehearsals, you know, and you can only get rehearsed. You can only produce something like that if the person who's paying for it all is, you know, is willing to put up the money to afford you the time on set to do that. Because, and what what I mean by that is, you know, you you have to pay your electricians, your your, uh, designers, your props guys, all the crew who need to make a TV show. You're paying them most of them, you know, you need to get it shot in a certain schedule and you've got X amount of hours per day and you've got X amount of dollars to shoot that over the 10, 12 weeks. But if you can build in the time to allow, you know, to afford you the chance to rehearse that, I would imagine, I don't know, um, but I would imagine that they would have had a, quite a bit of rehearsal time before they went mm. to actually shoot day one. And then on the day when you're shooting it, they would have been afforded blocking time to get the scenes right um, amongst the actors. And then you do what's called a crew show. So the crew would have a, a look and see what they're doing. They'd obviously be well prepped. The DOP, the cameraman, camera crew would know from the director what their plan was in terms of the movement of the actors, what was going to happen, what they needed to focus in. That all has to come into consideration. That can only happen to that level and to the result that you see in a show like The Bear if you're given the time to do it and uh, Christ does it pay off because some of the scenes go on for an age and they go on in two, three, four uh, different locations. There could be a stunt, you know, there could be a stunt in the middle of it all. There could be a fire. There could be special effects. It's just sensational when you see stuff that's A, brilliantly written, be superbly cast because there isn't a weak link in the cast and it is a genuine ensemble cast because there's a crew in this restaurant there's his extended family 
uh, you know, and there isn't one weak link. I can't think of one character. Thought, no, that's a bit weak. That they were all superb. Um, so when you get the great writing, you get a great ensemble cast put together like that. They've clearly got good directors on board. Uh, you know, and networks like FX who make the show, like they're churning out stuff like this for years. This isn't an accident. You know, so when you see something like that come to the forefront, a small FX show, it's not a network show, it's on FX and you know, now it's streamed through Disney, so it's got to be bigger, bigger audience. And it's come back, you know, in spades. And obviously, they were recommissioned for a second series. I'd imagine it'll keep going, you know, to be critically acclaimed. To You know, it's well in there for the award seasons. Um, it's just, and it's great for everybody involved. And it's great with the writers, because I'm sure there's new writers in there. I'm also, it, it, absolutely, it's great for the cast. Because um, I didn't recognise any of the faces. I knew one of the actors, the guy who plays Richie, and I knew I know his face with a few bits and pieces, but I knew nobody else. And that's brilliant to see when you see new faces, and it's so naturalistic. The, the just the banter in the kitchen, the the, the fucking angst, the anger, uh, the mm. joy when things go right, the fucking disasters that can just one small disaster that can just take the fucking wheels off your day, um. And it all plays so naturally. Plus, it's beautifully shot. The design of the show is gorgeous. And so is the sound design. The music in it is just spot on. Love it. 10 out of 10. Marcus, where are we on cakes? Uh, get in there. Getting there? What the fuck do you... Marcus, what the fuck are you doing still working on this shit? Yo, come on. What, what are you tripping for? Come the on. Cakes what are in the, the fuck oven? am I tripping if for? Are you here right now? It doesn't now? make a difference. There's four cakes in still. Yeah, what? I was going to cut them. They're I'm... not even cut yet? Rave review. Well, one of the main actors, the guy who you mentioned, who won the Golden Globe, Jeremy Allen White. He'll be known to anyone who watched the Showtime version of Shameless, which ran ah, for okay. 10 years. So I guess the wow. US version of Shameless. He was yeah. uh, Philip Lip Gallagher okay. in that particular show. I'm okay. assuming that's a US version because it's coming up here as the Showtime dramedy. Yeah, it would be. That's the US version. Yeah, and, you know, that's 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 a great, uh, great is, spot. Yeah. Adopted yeah, an adaptation of uh, the British series. The That's British what it says one, yeah. here. He's phenomenal. The idea oh. of those long scenes with a lot of dialogue must be, uh, I know you actors are, this is your skill and you, and, and you go to work, but it must be stressful. It makes me think of um, Aaron Sorkin's TV shows, for example, yeah. The West Wing or The yeah. Newsroom. Long, long scenes of dialogue, usually with a lot of jargon in it, maybe political. You or see, maybe you know what? Otherwise. I know they and are. Then you might nail your lines, but if, if you're mm. doing a scene with one, two, three other actors in this kind of ensemble scene, everyone's got to nail their marks, their lines, yeah. their timing. Yeah, and it, but it's not uh, just on the actors. It's on the camera crew. It's on crew, the sound yeah. department. It's on props. It's on design. It's on everything. It's on, you know, and it's not stressful. It's only not stressful it's if not. you're working with great people, if you're working with people mm. who are at the top of their game. You know, unfortunately, like we're blessed in Ireland to have some of the best crews in the world. And that's that's not just me saying that. You can ask anybody that. Um, you know, Spielberg will tell you that. Scorsese will tell you that. They, people love working here because we've got such great crews. But, uh, you know, when you're doing big ensemble scenes of that, and it's funny you mentioned the West Wing because I was going to bring that up later on. I have never seen the West Wing, right? Oh, boy. Now. Oh, boy. Now. Me uh, neither. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, oh boy, boy. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing, because I was going to bring it up. I started watching it last week, and I'm eight episodes into season one. Good man. And I fucking love it. And it's exactly that, Ado. You're so, this is this, it's so in the ballpark with those, 
I mean, Sorkin was was credited with it at the time of the West Wing. The, the camera never stopped fucking moving. And like yeah. those first six episodes, it starts in his office, moves to hers, down the corridor, into this office, into the fucking kitchen. It's all <laughs> walk and talk, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's just amazing to see. And I think as an actor, when you're doing that, you almost feel you almost feel better because I know myself even the show we're doing now at the moment. Um, when there are big scenes, you know, there are big set pieces. There's a feeling about it. Like we shot a scene the other day in a pub in a bar and obviously can't, won't give you details, but there's a lot of actors involved and something happens in the scene. Blah, blah, blah. And then we, we blocked in rehearsal with our director and uh, which took an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then mm. you do what's called your crew show. So all the crew are invited in to see what the hell it is you're doing. They know anyway, because they've had the sides, they've read the scripts, they know what's happening each day on the call sheet. They know what's happening, but they want to see us do it then. And the, the actors performed this, I suppose it was five or six pages, of, you know, a couple of minutes long, five, six minutes long. And the crew applauded when they finished and they cut rehearsal. Because it was like watching a little one-act play. And it's great. And you can't help yourself but stand there and go, and you know, you find yourself a part of times watching, <laughs> watching this stuff happen around you. And, you know, it's taken so long to, you know, I'm going to get up in that line and move that table. She's going to come down. You pass me. You leave your glass there. She goes over to him. They talk. Da, 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 and then this happens. And then the camera just dances around you. You know, that's with a good DOP and good director who would always have good chemistry. If they can make that happen around what the actors want to do, what the director wants to do, then you're just then you're into magic, you know. But the, the bear just has it in spades. Okay, right. Well, you you stick with the West Wing. I'm going to get on bear. I'm sure there's people listening who the will do the I same. The one thing I will say about Edo. Go and on, go on, go on, go. Good afternoon to you, Mary. There's a fella on from Belfast that he's watching the West Wing, Mary. Um. Well, I, I, it maybe it's the date is maybe is the wrong word, but I found the first season. I'm only with seven, eight episodes in. It's a bit saccharine sweet. Every episode ends like a bit of a hallmark kind of fucking mm. movie. There's a big fucking weepy Vaseline lens fucking shot of the American flag and the music swells. And it's a bit that now. I'm hoping it gets a bit more fucking ballsy. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I, I'll I'll let you discover that, but it's very much a, an overarching uh, style, flavor, theme yeah, to it. Yeah. It's very idealistic, very idealistic. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. But I'm glad I've gone. And other shows from Aaron Sorkin have been that way. The newsroom was very much the same, very, very uh, moral. You know, you'd question your morals, and but you'd always try and come out and do the right thing, which is yeah. not always how, how real life goes. Um, there's there's plenty of um. There's plenty of tragedy in it as well, though. Just, I can well you know. imagine. I'm just imagining now watching season one. And I haven't Googled mm-hmm. anything or nothing about it, but I'm imagining, oh, well, he's going to die, she's going to die, he's going to sleep with her, he's going to murder her. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how many seasons were there, actually? How long of a journey have I got oh, with this? boy, I <laughs> Well, knowing really? how the, the rate at which you consume TV shows, you might have the whole thing boxed off by uh, at the end of January, which is only a week <laughs> away. Uh, let's have a look. You know, it could be one of those shows that there was actually... Uh, Fewer was less seasons. seasons than what you think. I think there was a lot of episodes in each season. Uh, let's have a look. West Wing seasons. I'm going to say about eight. The last oh, wow, that's coming okay. up is season seven. Okay. Yeah, but there was probably well, you have 154 then... episodes. However, Holy that breaks down. Yes. Okay. Seven seasons. Yeah, 22 episodes in most seasons. 21 in season three for some reason, and right. 23 in season four. So okay, they picked it up. I, here. I haven't even scratched the surface. It's amazing though watching, and I what I love about watching rewatching shows. 
like the the girl, the actor playing the president's daughter, season one. It's Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, I'm like fucking yeah, out, and she's a child in it. She's like she's 19 in it, but she's not very good in it. But she's a fucking phenomenal actor now. They told you what happened. Did you do anything at all to provoke these guys? Like what? Were you flirting with them, Dad? Zoe, you flirt with guys. Yes, Dad. I am 19 years old. But well, what a show to cut your teeth in, though. You know, doing something like that, working yeah, with, with some, yeah, but exactly. But working with those actors, you can see. I can just because I mean I've been watching her since she was a madman, and Jesus, she was phenomenal in Mad Men as Peggy Olson, and now the hands made tan made stand and all that. But watching her back then, you could I could see the naive naivety in her in terms of just her delivery and the way she's working the camera and that. And now it's just she's fucking she's one of the top actors in the world you know it's but it's amazing and i'm spotting other actors and they're going oh jesus there's your man from scrubs or there's it's a man i love yeah that. and you'll see a lot of um guest appearances by very well-known actors oh, really? who were well known back in the day but others who uh were new to it and have gone on to be uh you know identifiable in their own right for anyone who's listening now simon who maybe is relatively new to this podcast or yeah. maybe hasn't listened in the last two three months um Bring us up to speed. You're in Belfast. You're shooting a, a drama, a big TV drama. Can yeah. we say who it's for? Um, I, do you know what? I don't know. I've signed NDAs up in Wazoo. I don't, I just, I've no well, idea. Well, then you can. Was. Okay. But it's a major television it's drama. A, it's a six-part drama for, uh, it's for, uh, it's for a British television uh, network and an American television network. So I don't know whether they're fucking confused people. Yeah, but it's, yeah, there's two broadcasters involved. Uh, we've been filming it since um, kind of middle of October, and we're finished mm. the, at the end of Feb. So yeah, we're kind of we're over the well, we're uh, two thirds of the way through now. So we're into the last four weeks of filming. Yeah. But it's exciting stuff. It's really exciting stuff. And it's Irish and it's set in Ireland and it's it's going to be great, I hope. You never know. Oh, somebody's phone just beeped. Whose was that? Apologies. That was me. The There's somebody at the door. Who was that? Oh, I just won, uh, I won a free COVID test. Wow. Spam. Excellent. Lovely. <laughs> Click on the link for the crack. We watch your work collapse <laughs> live on the podcast. Go and on. watch my... Computer die and my bank account empty. Wow. Jesus, such a thing now. Once upon a time, you'd win a, a, a an overseas lottery. Now I'm winning free COVID tests. Apologies uh, for that uh, momentary right. interruption. So this TV show, just I know you can't say much, but will we yeah. be able to see it, do you think, before 2023 is done? or how? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think it'll probably be the yeah. autumn would say it'll hit, uh, it'll hit the screens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's, I think it's slated to be down for the autumn. But it's six one hours, so there'll be a plenty to get your teeth stuck into when it comes out. And of course, dear listener and dear friends, Aiden and JC, I'll give you all the scandal off mic. I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing off the mic. And I will share it with our listeners when, of course, the court case is over. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, a new show arrived on Netflix, which has inspired our next conversation, and that is about... TV show spin-offs. Tell us why, John. Yeah, uh, that 90s show. Again, that what? That what? That 90s show. And I know a lot of people listen like, oh yeah, I remember that 70s show. And there was a That 80s show, which no one watched or gave a shit about. But that 90s show, uh, you have you know Red still there. Uh, the wife is still in it. Like a lot of the characters are kind of younger, different you know, actors. Did you say but the wife is filled in it? The wife is still in it. <laughs> oh, the wife is filled in it. <laughs> 
It's going, Jesus Christ, I hope I'm not saying that. I don't think that. Phil was married, but um, are, anyway. Or a woman, speak. but there you go. <laughs> the wife is still in it. Was the wife still in it? Yes, <laughs> that would be such an interesting choice that they, they brought back. Yeah, that that's what you describe in the industry, John, as brave casting. Yeah, like we're gonna make <laughs> Phil in at the wife. It's like he's been dead. Uh, Jesus, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, make it work. Anyway, carry on, Jay. Anyway, late Phil in it. Yes, John. Yeah. Uh, so again, <laughs> they have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just imagine the opening now. tune being like, "You can't have a script in this fucking show." She kind of goes at the strangest oh, places. I really wish that sounds like a weird dream someone had once. Anyway, <laughs> maybe um, it was. Carry on. I, I'm not sure anyone wants this spin-off, lads. Does anyone really want it? I don't know. But I never saw the '70s well. show. I didn't know there was an '80s show, and the '90s show was completely new to me. I do remember. Am I right in saying that the Elfler who? Was in Dead Poets Society, <laughs> was in it. The fellow who played uh, Neil's father who killed himself. I remember he was in Robocop. He was, in, he was the evil oh, guy in Robocop. Oh, um, and did he get melted in a load of acid? That lad? Yeah, he, he came to a sticky end, all right? Wow. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's not a spoiler. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. So, a uh, balding melted, gentleman. He got melted in a vat of acid yeah, he never in had Dead Poets Society. <laughs> You don't remember that bit at the end, though, when Robin yeah. Williams throws him in. Carpe diem, now get into the bucket of acid, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Captain, my captain, oh, here you Captain, go. my captain. <laughs> Are you like this on set, Simon? Oh, you've no idea. I was like this in school, teachers. Fucking <laughs> oh, major scene in this new TV drama. All the actors on set, 20-plus crew. Oh, 100-plus crew. 100-plus people. We, we were doing a scene today. This is not a spoiler. This is not yeah. a spoiler. We're doing a scene today, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up since quarter to six this morning. Anyway, no, I, you're definitely and it's here. now you're, nine o'clock at night. I'm either pissed. I'm not. I know I'm not pissed. I haven't had a drink since 1983, <laughs> and that's a joke. But we're on set today, and I was in. Every, we were in every scene. We set with other actor. We're in every scene. We're a bit fucking punch drunk. And we set up to do a shot, and we, you know, we shot the wide shot, and we shot his coverage, and we're doing a different size thing, and and uh, the two of us had were having a conversation about fucking Tommy Cooper outside or something. We were completely couldn't be further away from where we needed to be mentally to do the same. And uh, so we were back, call back on set, yeah, ready to go, yeah, okay, turnover and speed, yeah, sound speed, yeah, and and the camera's pointing at me. It's my coverage, they call it. <clears throat> so the Camera's pointing at me. And set, camera set, yeah, set, sound speed, yeah, yeah. And action. And I looked at the other actor. And <laughs> I looked straight down the barrel of the camera and went, I have no fucking idea what I'm <laughs> supposed to say. <laughs> I hadn't got a fucking clue where I was, what day it was, what scene it was, what my name was, what I was wearing. Yes, I was like that in school. I was a pain in the hole. We're losing light, Delaney. Get your head in the game. Wow. Anyway, meanwhile, Learning back at Dead Poet Society, a bucket of fucking acid and filled in it. And the actor, Kurtwood Smith, who has reprised his role, John, as Red Foreman, who is the dad of this family and uh, the show set around a teenager and, and the teenager's friends in the 70s dealing with adolescence. You reminded me of the Brady Bunch, the 70s show. Was it the piss take yeah. of that? It was kind of a piss take of all those kind of shows, 
back in the day in the US networks and that it had a the look and you know the, the, again the stakes were kind of low but it was you know teenagers find their way and the parents giving out shit how would you like your keen eye to watch my sure foot kick your smart ass how'd you like to own a little bit of my foot in your ass how about I drive my foot into this thing called your ass I hope my foot doesn't get stuck in your ass <laughs> or don't let my foot get stuck in your ass on the way out the door or the classic I'm gonna stick my foot in your ass May I suggest the footing of your ass? Ashton Kutcher was in my head for some reason. Was he in it? Yes. And Mila uh-huh. Kunis, that's where they mm-hmm. met. First time they met and now they're married with kids. Are they really? Yeah. I did not know that. But again, that Sydney show was not an amazing show. And your man who played the son left Topher Grace with two seasons left, but they kept referring to him in absentia like he was going to come back, but he never was. All right. He's trying to have an acting career on the, mm. the big screen. But just those kind of spin-offs, I mean, I'm reminded of, you know, Frasier's obviously brilliant. Nice towels, Frasier. You'd think a couple of old ladies lived here. Get out. Excuse me? I said get out! I'm sorry, have you just lost your mind? No, that happened earlier when we slept together. Are you breaking up with me? You're damn right I am. I want my purse. And I... My hand towel. Um, yeah. you talk about Joey, obviously crap. Muck. Muck. Uh, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. Um, I meant to ask you, Simon, as well. Mm. Uh, Bachelor's Walk, should Michael's character, your character, should he have got a spin-off? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, this is something for my special boy. Thanks, Mammy. Enjoy it while it lasts. I thought this was supposed to be temporary. Yeah, it is, though. So why aren't you out getting yourself a job? Oh, will you stop treating us as if you were a child, Jimmy? That's the kind of thing you say to teenagers to get them out into the world to spread their wings. Michael has done all that. And now he's back. Back in my house, eating my bacon. Mammy, tell him to stop shouting at me, will you? He'll spoil his breakfast. I never get breakfast in bed. He's right, though, Mammy. shouldn't be spoiling me like this. It's inappropriate. Where's the butter? Um, no. What would he be doing if he did? Oh, Jesus. Oh, what, what, what was Michael? Well, he was trying to be a barrister, but he was a taxi driver. Yeah. Okay. His, his father owned a, a shop like the Great Outdoors in Chatham Street, camping equipment. But that went down the fucking swanee because he never paid a tax bill. So we lost that. That was my inheritance. And I was in law school, but I didn't bother me bollocks doing the exams and ended up uh, drinking, smoking. And uh, and then he ended up as a taxi driver. And then he finally met a girl. They get engaged and married. They have a deposit put together for an apartment of two and a half thousand pounds back in the day. That's how long ago this fucking show was. And uh, he put it all on a horse and fairy house and lost. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, so um, I've often been asked that question, what do you think the lands would be doing now, like in 2023? Well, you could be the, um, you know, like a a taxi driver who, as well as brings you from A to B, dispenses some free legal advice. No, I'd say he'd be one of those taxi drivers that made a few quid and then fucked off to Spain. He's been living in Spain since 2003, just before the crash. And he's in his flip-flops and his string vest and he potters down and gets his bread rolls and his dirty gold butter out of the Irish shop and he goes back and sits on his little 4 by 4 terrace. He's the colour of a fucking rock lobster. Uh, he's balding slightly. Um, suffers with extreme bouts of flatulence because his Mediterranean <laughs> diet doesn't fucking suit him. He's single. He's been married twice. 
He's got a bunch of kids that don't talk to him. And uh, he, every second Saturday, he sings karaoke down in Las Palomas karaoke bar. <laughs> Not because he's asked it, but because that's what it, just what he does. I think I we've know. all seen him on a, on, a, oh. on a Spanish holiday, haven't we? 100%. 100%. Yeah, so that's... Uh, no, I don't it think... It didn't I, work out too bad for him. Yeah, you know, listen, there could be worse fights he could have. Um, he could be doing country and western at karaoke. Um, no, I, I don't think I don't think any three of them deserve a spin-off, really. I think it would, it would probably be nice to revisit them and see where the hell they are and what they're at. Now, we did do a Christmas special a couple of years after... Uh, season three uh, finished, and uh, we kind of got a glimpse of uh, where they were and what was happening. They'd all finally moved out of the house, and Barry had had a had a kid, and uh, Don was still fucking miserable and, and from Cork. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm only joking, Don. I love you, baby. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think any of them would have deserved a spin off. Really, I don't think. Well, what what spin-offs do you think work? I mean, obviously, Frasier's good. Uh, yeah. But generally speaking, as a rule, would you say they should just avoid them like the plague? I mean, young Sheldon, who's are you watching that? That's doing well, but would you watch it? No. So Big Bang Theory spin-off. No. No. I mean, I think if you go, if you actually give it a bit of thought, you you go back to the eighties. There's TV spin-offs like, like what? the likes. Well, wasn't Dynasty like a spin-off of Dallas, or my? Or no. was it just a similar? Type I show? think wasn't wasn't the I mean. Falcon Crest was a spin-off of the Cold yeah, maybe that's or some fucking crest. thing. I don't know. I fucking love the team tune from uh, Falcon Crest. Uh, mm. Falcon Crest. Insert here, John. Oh yeah, that's great. Go. That's a great fucking that was, help. That's Dynasty. That's Dallas. And you sing what is that? Star Wars, Superman, and Indiana Jones all you know sequentially. I couldn't sing them. Star Wars. See if your brain can differentiate Superman, Star Wars, and Indiana Jones. They're all your man, Williams. They all sound the same. Yeah, exactly. That's, well, what that's is the theme the tune of Superman? I've no fucking idea. Okay. And what's Indiana Jones? And then Christ almighty. Okay. Two out of three ain't bad. Star Wars. Dun, 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 dun. Oh no, that's the, oh, that's the, the Imperial, Imperial March. March. Yeah, that's the Oh, no, that's Superman. Fuck, fuck, fuck. They're so alike. Such Listen to Aiden. Try it at home. In, someone who can't just, sleep. Someone who's trying to do an impression of Morse code. That was my percussion. Fuck you. Back to the spin-offs. Let's throw some names out there uh, and see if they're any good or not. John, what have you got? I was thinking. Uh, do you remember, lads? Obviously, you're. I assume you're fans of Only Fools and Horses. That had two spin-offs. It did. Yeah, it had the Green yeah. Green Grass, which was a nice soft watch. Like that yeah, much happened in it. It was Boise. kind of a yeah, un, more unfunny version of the Vicar of Dibley. Um, and then I had a uh, chip, Rock and Chips. Yeah, now uh, Rock and Chips, if you haven't seen it, is fucking brilliant. Is it? Oh my god, it's brilliant. So it goes back to Del Boy when he's still in school. Well, when he's about of- when he's about eighteen or nineteen, and uh, it's brilliant because it centers around the, it centers around the story of his mum. Brilliantly played. Can't think of the actress's name. Brilliantly played. 
uh, and it centers around uh, the relationship that she had with uh, Freddie Robdahl, who was Freddie the Frog, who was Rodney's father. And it's set in the 60s, and all the characters there, Trig, Slater, uh, Marlene, Boise, they're all there. Um, uh, they're all in school together. It is brilliant. And the guy from, what's the show, in the Inbetweeners, plays Del Boy. Roses are red, violets are blue. Your dong is massive. I want to blow you, love, from your secret slut. I didn't get none. I can't believe you got so many. Yes, it is hard to believe. I can't think of his name, but he plays uh, Del Boy. And plays him brilliantly. It's I think it was a two parter, and it ran on it ran over two weekends. Thing over on the BBC. It's fucking brilliant. Rock and chips, great show. Do you know what's Jane Buckley to give the lad his name? To be fair, Jay from the Inbetweeners, aka who did? Yeah, do you know he made a million million pounds sterling last year from cameo? I think you told oh, me yeah, that. I read that. Yeah, a million quid during do lockdown. You do, do you do the cameos yourself? ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
not Eeyore, but a show like that. What's, yeah, is, what's is, the longest running medical? Is it the one? Good Wife and the Good Life, or the Good, the Good the Wife, good the Good Fight, and the Good Fight? Are they not their links? She's the, the same good life character, was, isn't she? The Good Life was a British sitcom, wasn't it? No, the Good Life. That's a proper sitcom. Proper sitcom. Sounds good. Here's one for you. Guess the theme tune. You know this because I've done it before. You've got three seconds. Will and Grace. Terry and June. Terry and June. Upperly mobile. Or as my cousin, Niall Boogie, who was in it, called it Upperly Puerile. Um. Let me see. I went to a I went to a recording of that once. It's very exciting. In Could you not find the door out? <laughs> you went in there thinking it was winning streaks, Jude. You went, oh fuck. Um, like when we were young, you know, we, our expectations were fairly low. It was, it was very, very exciting to be on the set of a. Of was a, George and Mildred a spin-off TV drama? No idea. Of one foot in the grave. Do you know what was spun off to? Absolute end degree, um, and again, it's a great show to begin with. It was Law and Order. There's now Law and Order SVU, oh, yeah. Law and yeah. Order Organized Crime, yeah. Law and Order Criminal Intent, FBD. Law and Order Specials. That's the Irish one. But I think a lot of those characters intersect, and they've iced tea and all this kind of you know veers in and out of. You know, I did do uh, one of those shows last year, one of those big CBS juggernauts. I did FBI International, which is the third incarnation of this FBI. Hmm. And there's FBI Most Wanted, and there's yeah. FBI International. And you were in it? I was in an episode of that last year, yeah, which was set in Belfast, but we shot it in Prague. No, Budapest, I tell a lie. Don't ask Oh, me. wow, how nice. That makes a change from having to go to Belfast and it pretending to be Prague. Yeah, well, I'm around. in Belfast at the moment pretending it's the West of Ireland. But yeah, I went to Budapest. Oh, always oh, after leaking out some information. Mm. Did, did, that yeah. in his NDA. I can hear the lawyers currently knocking at my hotel door. <laughs> No, that's room service. Um, okay, yeah, no. I have a few. Oh, sorry, go on. I have a few other spin-offs here that on, yeah, just shoot magi- them, yeah. magically popped into my head, gentlemen. On Google, yeah. Yeah, Torchwood was a spin-off of, of what? Any Doctor guesses? Who. Doctor oh. Who is right, John. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Xena Warrior Princess was actually a spin-off of the uh, Angelus. A, a male version of the show called Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Jesus. Wow. Christ, mm. yeah. arguably a lot more popular than El Hercules. Um, any fans of All in the Family? That's the US from my time. Uh, it's been like off Golden Family Girls. Ties or something. It's from the seventies. No, it it spun off into Maud, which was oh, uh, B. Arthur. Mm. Really? Here's one for Girls, you. Yeah. Here's one for you. Go Can on. we? Maybe we should do this next week. But movies that have been turned into TV shows. Movies that have been turned into TV. Give us an example. The Odd Couple. Yeah. Okay. Very Maybe successful so. TV show with uh, Jack Klugman. Uh, was it Tony Randall? Fargo. Fargo. There's a good one. Johnny Strait. Well, now, are we doing it now or are we doing it next week? No, Come on. Oh, you're right. We're, we on. can do a bit of research first. We can do a bit of research first. Can we do a bit of okay. research? Oh, you're a guy. Winner, winner of this gets, gets a prize of their choosing under the value of one euro. What oh, was the spin-off of Dallas? You, we've mentioned several, but none of them are right. We mentioned... It's not the Colby's. Falcon Crest. We mentioned Dynasty. Are you talking Neither about the Christ. remake of Dallas two, two, like two to five years ago? No, 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 no. There was a spin-off of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Was it called like 
JR or something or JR shoots his gun at no. Oh, it's um, two words. It rhymes with snots. Snots landing. Snots yeah. landing. Snots landing. Nineteen seventy nine. Very good yeah. year. Were you born seventy nine? A very good year. Oh Christ. Okay. It was also the year the Pope came to Ireland. I don't know if that's classes. That's right. I went to see him. I went to see him. I well, say I I, went. my, my I dad, right. my dad put up the flags in the papal flags in the Phoenix Park. So when you see the Pope on the footage in the Phoenix Park with the thousands and thousands, and you see the yellow and white, whatever the papal colours are, flying in the background, me dad put them up. Oh, well, there, there you not, are. not a holy man. He was in the navy. They were tasked with doing it. Well, I obviously missed out on the Pope's visit, uh, Simon. Was it a case that there was feck all else going on, so we go see the Pope, or was it really like I we listen, have to go see I'll the Pope? I'll be honest with you, I was eight, right, and we didn't yeah. even. We, obviously, my mother wants to go and see the Pope. I don't know why. Now, when I say we went to see the Pope, we didn't go to Phoenix Park. Uh, we got the seventeen A up Kulak Lane, and we stood at the top of the old airport road and watched him go by from the airport as he came in. On, was he on an open top bus? He was on some sort of double decker fucking thing. I can't remember. Um, it looked like it left over from the fucking Morris Pratt ad campaign for the yellow pack fucking thing because it was all yellow and white. But uh, wow. I do, I think I could be completely making that up, but I do remember. I do remember um, being uh, dragged up there and watching El Papa go by. And uh, yeah, what a moment that was in my life. And he leaned over and he went, Simon, he I went, love uh, you. Yeah, I love you. Look, you beautiful boy. I bless you. Have a wonderful life. Anyway, he was didn't from, he play? He was from Cardiff, from Poland. He was from Poland, but didn't he play underage internationals in he goals? He was a goalkeeper. Yeah, much like yeah. myself, he was a goalkeeper. Hands of, hands of God. Yeah, yeah he saving was a goal. goals and saving How people. How the fuck have we got to the Pope playing goal? From because there. all the other popes that followed Simon are just spin-offs from John Paul. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love You're it. You're right, John. Like, he is the original pope to us. Yeah. He's ja- yeah. And, you know... Um, there was a saying that all newborn babies look like John Paul II. He's quite a right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know look at your newborn now if you've got one. And Google. Yeah, he looks like John Paul II. Or yeah. and how, many, how many chunkfellas uh, in Ireland born in 79 were called John Paul? A lot. It's a fellow in our school called the second, but it wasn't after the Pope. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Lord. Uh, where are we? Uh, what were the recommendations still this spinning week? Off. We are still spinning off. I think uh, I think we've spun off. Um, so, okay, so I don't think we're going to beat Better Call Saul. Um, Angel is considered a decent, worthy spin-off of Buffy, but that mightn't be your bag. And Rock and Chips. Razor. Rock and Chips and Fraser obviously is up yeah. there as well. We'll so. put the three of them together then. So the question uh, to, to circle back, as some people like to say, not I, the 90s show, John, which is a spin-off of the 70s show. Oh, yeah, we show. started talking mm-hmm. about that. Well, we didn't. John did. No, we weren't listening. We started talking about Phil in it. Phil in it. hazard a guess with its name, it's set close to 20 years after the first show. Or it could be the 1890s. <laughs> now, that's a Time show. That would take something different. Uh, the 1890s show. Would you feel oh, weird God. given how vivid the 90s are for you? Obviously, the 70s were their own decade very much apart from the 90s, so it made sense in the 90s to make it something about then. But to make yeah. something about the 90s now, I mean, is there it's enough nostalgia there? Yeah, but it's 30 years ago. Ah, it is, John. Like, look at what's happened in terms years of... Like, ago. The te- we didn't have the internet. We didn't have mobile phones. We 
barely had a fucking Commodore 64 between you us. You didn't have any fashion sense. No. no. Your music was shite. Start to yeah. finish. We were still climbing trees for entertainment and not coming home before the lights on the street were on. Yeah. You know, a lot has changed. But do you think they're going to have like a Sega Mega Drive in the background when your man's like has to come in for his tea or, you know, uh, well, I'll tell you, they can fresh find, new president. If they yeah. can find one online, more power to them. It's, it's yeah. easier to get elected Pope than get find a fucking retro gaming console these days. Well, fun fact I'll tell you one thing that, that has returned to the show is. Um, some of the furniture from the original show, because it was actually in Ashton and Mila Kutcher's, Mila Kunis's basement of their house. <laughs> they had taken a lot of the furniture from the show, and uh, including an original chair and a footstool, which was in their basement. So, Simon, I know you have some uh, things you've accumulated from your uh, acting sets. What have you? Oh. What's, what have you? Did you ever nick it? And that, like, what you never I told anyone you took, but you might tell us. Because you're giddy and maybe you'll say, say well, it. In terms of movie props or something. Yeah, well, yeah. Have you ever, like, is your couch in your house from from a, from, from the a fall? Track? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. <laughs> Driving a car from a movie that you were in once. Yeah. Rob that Gillet off your man in the fall. What a was that TV of- show, Simon, you did? You were in one episode. It was, um, I don't know if it was a Sharon Horgan or who it was. But you arrived in a car at someone's house. That's all oh, I got. Well, for that you. narrows it down. I arrived in a car. Oh, the uh, mini I driver. Yes, mini driver. Uh, That's the one. Modern love. Modern, modern love. Yeah. You were in a very nice old car in that, like a yeah. classic what car. What you don't see with that classic car was that it was basically pushed down the fucking street. The thing was a heap of <laughs> shite. It looked great. It looked fucking great. Stop ruining the movies for us, man. <laughs> So pulling yeah, back sorry. the curtain, Simon. Yeah, no, sorry. No, I literally I had to drive it down the end of the road and I spluttered down like I was driving, flying a fucking Lancaster bomber. It was that much smoke coming out of the back of it. Um, no, I don't think I've ever stroked Anton off the stress in terms of memorabilia. I've got some cool kind of memorabilia stuff that I get signed. I like, I like to do that when I'm on something. I'll try and get something signed by the rest of the cast. Like, for example, from Delivery Man, the one with Vince Farm, where we played these, we played a third generation uh, Polish American uh, butchers at a butcher shop in Brooklyn. We had these really cool white butcher's coats with our family crest on it. And I have all the cast have signed that for me and had a basketball jersey, even another thing that was signed. And, yeah, there's a few bits and bobs like that that are pretty cool, but I never stroked Anton. So you're generalizing because I'm from the north side that I stroke them for every fucking job I go into. Either. Here we Composing. go. With his victim. Fucking victim impact statements. Um, no, yeah. I, to answer your question, my lord, your honor, and any solicitors who are listening, I've never stoked that off a film set. Some people would say I robbed the wages because you're acting shite, but hell, never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. The bank manager doesn't go, by the way, did that plane get critically well received? It doesn't fucking matter. The check is the same. If you could, uh, for whatever reason, an alternative dimension, get in your time machine. Yeah. Hop onto any set oh, ever and stroke something. Question. What would you take? Wow, ever that's the mahogany cool. table from Godfather, the opening scene. The the well, are we thinking about you know things that we personally love or something that would have massive monetary value, like a lightsaber? No, something, something you love, but I mean, by consequence, might be worth a few bob as well. Maybe the horse, the horse's head, <laughs> the horse's head from the Godfather. That prop, or, just a uh, rotting horse's head. Okay, yeah, fair enough. The DeLorean from Back to the Future. Yeah. Have it parked outside. The fucking piano from Casablanca. Just wheel it in every now and again. Point at it. So many things. What would you stroke, Aiden, if you could? Something from the some war epic, I imagine. 
Well, well Lancaster Bomber <laughs> might be a good one. What's the I car, know what he'd pick. I know what I know. The Aston Martin. Oh, the Aston Martin, yeah. I thought you were going to say you'd, you'd want the box of chocolates from Forrest Gump. <laughs> or Marilyn Monroe's white dress. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's a great shout. <laughs> Don't think it'll fit you though, either. All right. We have really bounced around the houses here, but would you like to know, seeing as we're on it, and this is just where we're at, the uh, most expensive yeah. movie props of all time? Go on. Give us the top three. Tell Marilyn us what the prop Mar- is. Mar- I was going to say, tell us what the prop is, and we see if we can guess the movie. Well, like, I'll tell you what the prop is, and you can try and attach a price tag. Oh, yeah. Madeline Monroe's white dress from the movie The Seven Year Itch was sold in 2011 for how much? $3.8 million. John? $2.5 million. Simon's closer, but he's not right. $4.6 million. Dollars. All right, coming in at number two. From the movie Goldfinger, the 1964 Aston Martin DB5, sold in 2010. That was only sold recently by um, Sean Connery, wasn't it? That was sold, my friends, for $14.1 million. No. $10 million. No. no. It's coming up here as the exact same amount as Marilyn Monroe's dress, $4.6 million. Well, I mean... Maybe the same I, guy bought both and you the limitless credit card. And he's, he's driving around in an Aston Martin in a dress. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that you could, like, they sold for the same amount, but you would think one has a much more yeah. inherent value, a car over it, just a Yeah, but Marin Monroe. Um, all right, lads. I'll give you number one, the most valuable prop according to backtothemovies.com. I'll tell you how much it was, and I'll ask you to guess what it is. It was sold for $5.375 million in 27. 17. It's a prop from a movie in 1956 called Forbidden Planet. 1956. A prop from mm. that movie, Forbidden Planet, for 5.375 million. Is it the, the robot statue or something? No. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, it's called Robbie. Yeah, the it's robot. A robot. Yeah, yeah. Or OBBY. Yeah. Ah, okay. Google it. You'll. It's iconic. I didn't picture it, but it's a, yeah. an That's iconic. That's the most expensive one ever. Yeah. I don't fucking buy that for a second. That'd be like a lightsaber from Star Wars or something. Okay, let me see. Oh, the Maltese Bella, Falcon is there. That was so for four million. Stick, Fair City. That's <laughs> <worth> <laughs> Um Or to D2, a, prop, a model of him makes the top 10 to 2.7 million. The any, Lion costume. Spit from Sam's piano from Casablanca is number seven. Audrey mm-hmm. Hepburn's ascot dress from My Fair Lady is number six. Maltese Falcon mm-hmm. is number five. Number four is... Um, the Lincoln Futura Batmobile from Batman, the original 1966. Ooh. Certainly one of the early Batmans. And number 10 to round out the list is from Game of Thrones, the themed Fabergé egg. So for 2.2 million. Nice. Jesus Christ. What about Halle Berry's swimsuit from James Bond? Well, you would think that it'd be Ursula Andress's swimsuits, if you know, would be the more. In fairness, though, you wouldn't get much bang for your book. I mean, there's more material in a pair of my jocks than that whole soup put together, isn't there? Mind you, my jocks was too with the curtains in the Abbey Theatre, but whatever. Um, yeah. Wow, we've gone down a fucking wormhole today, boys. It's been. Uh, Jesus wept. What have random. we learned? Well, first of all, what did we recommend? Did we recommend it? And we did the last one, wasn't it, right up? I wholeheartedly endorsed uh, 
the major new drama that you can watch on Sky and Sky and on Now, which of course is the last of us, the last of us. Marvelous. I could even say it. Um, the much anticipated post-apocalyptic drama, which after one episode is receiving rave reviews. Well, I give you, uh, the Guardian gave it five stars. The Last of Us, one of the finest TV shows you will see this year. Quote, this the third week in January. You know what I mean? It doesn't say so up against much. Only fucking Love Islands happens in January. Like in fairness to the bars and that. All right. All right, Barry Norman, calm down. This ah, desperately moving 84. drama. Now there was a fucking piece of television. Go on, sing um, that theme tune then to close this house. The fuck is that? It's the eighteenth match of the day. Match of the day. See ya! Yeah. <laughs>